0: Hello and welcome to the Inherited Wellness Podcast, a conversation of medicine, family history, and finding health and wellness by going back to our roots. I'm your host, Michael Smith, a naturopathic medical student, scientist, and family historian. Thank you for joining me today. What does grapefruit, parmesan cheese, tuna fish, sauerkraut, and that wilty spinach that's been sitting in the back of your fridge for two weeks have in common, well, these foods, and others like it, are foods that contain or increase the levels of histamine in your body. They are also foods that are often excluded as part of the low histamine diet. Now, what is histamine and why would someone want to exclude it out of their diet? That is what we are going to talk about right now. Hi, I'm Michael, and I'm excited to talk to you about histamine today. Histamine is a very important molecule that's naturally found in our body. Um, It's found especially in our brain, in our nervous system, and also in our gut, and other places as well, but that's where it's concentrated and where it does a lot of its action. The story of histamine starts off with the story of histidine. Histidine is one of the 20 essential amino acids that you probably learned about in ninth grade biology class, but maybe forgot. Histidine histidine, uh, is converted into histamine when a carbon dioxide molecule is broken off of of histidine and we're left with histamine. Histamine is then able to exert biological influence on lots of different parts of our body. Histamine acts primarily on one of four different histamine receptors. These receptors are molecules that are found on cells in our brain, in our gut, and other places as well, but primarily those locations, and cause various different reactions. Now, if you're thinking about histamine, what probably comes to mind first is allergies. And that's where we often see the histamine response coming through. When there's something that comes into our body that our body doesn't like or know about or doesn't want to have there, it mounts an immune response. An immune response um, that uh, is what allergies are all about. In this response, histamine, is prepackaged up into cells that are basophils or mast cells, and these um, release like confetti out of coming out of a party balloon, and release this histamine into the cells and cause an allergic reaction. Now, what does that allergic reaction look like? You probably know it as those those allergy symptoms: your runny nose, your itchy eyes. Uh, hives, um, inflammation, swelling, things like that, Um, there's a lot of reactions that happen from histamine, which is why when we experience those symptoms, we often turn to drugs like Benadryl or Claritin for treatment of those uh, allergy symptoms or the histamine response. So histamine is involved in a lot of allergy symptoms, but that's not where it's the, on, that's not the only place where it is used in their body. It's often involved with the sleep-wake cycle. That, that is why when we take Benadryl, for example, our bodies feel really tired. It often sometimes knocks us out. That's because the, the antihistamine um, counteracts the histamine and disrupts that regulation of the sleep and wake cycles in our body. Is a, it also acts as a neurotransmitter, as an, and as such, it influences uh, the mem- memory, learning, thermal regulation, and other things in our, in our brain. It also can regulate the um, restriction and, and expansion of our airways and also our blood vessels throughout our body. So histamine is great. It does a lot of really cool things in our body, but we don't want it sticking around forever. Um, We want it to come in, do its job, and then leave and go out the door. So our body, thankfully, has some really cool mechanisms for getting rid of histamine. There are lots of different cellular machines, otherwise known as enzymes, that help break down histamine. Some of these include DAO, or diamine oxidase, and HNMT, or histamine N-methyltransferase. They're big words. I'm not going to spend a lot of time about what these do exactly, um, but we're going to talk about this, um, and particularly the DAO. Um, the DAO is found in the lining of our gut, and in the, it's found in the cells that are on the inside of our small intestine. Um, and the DAO helps to break down histamine into other molecules that can then be washed out of our body and got, we can get rid of them. Um, there are many different things that influence the activity of DAO. This includes different drugs that we might be taking. It includes the microbiome and the, mi- the in- microbiota environment in our gut. That includes the bacteria that, are, that live in our gut along with many different microorganisms. There's also uh, something that in was related to the histamine metabolism or breakdown is alcohol. We talked about those molecular machines that break things down. Those enzymes that are involved with alcohol breakdown are also involved with histamine breakdown. So that ex- explains why somebody who's drinking a lot of alcohol has all of their machines working and they're not able to... Um, process histamine as well. So there might be allergy symptoms um, alongside with alcohol consumption as well. And we talked about things that decrease um, DAO, but there's also something that increases um, DAO is pregnancy. Um, Interesting fact that the placenta um, inside the uterus during pregnancy secretes levels of DAO this DAO this extra DAO helps t- to increase the increased level causes the h- levels of histamine to decrease and uh, as such with decreased levels of histamine somebody who is pregnant may experience fewer allergies because there's fewer histamine molecules circulating in the body to cause that uh, histamine response that's one added benefit that some people, many, many people, experience when they are pregnant. I like to think of um, histamine as kind of having its own family tree of sorts. We start with histidine, and it's, that's the parent, so to speak. And then we go to histamine, which is the child. And then through enzymes like DAO, it's broken down into other like grandchildren molecules that are then processed and broken down. Now, there's other, um, speaking about family history and genealogy, because that's what I love to talk about and think about, we often think about genetics. And our genetics really does influence how histamine is processed in our bodies. Um, There are, for DAO, for HNMT, and for other enzymes involved with histamine in lots of different ways, um, there's a part of our DNA that codes for that enzyme. When there is some um, misspellings of that code, or there's some things that aren't the way it should be, that's called a SNP or single nucleotide polymorphism. Now, when we get a SNP, it literally snips or causes there to be a deficiency um, in how the enzyme works. So because the DIL enzyme is not not functional, it's not able to break down histamine like it normally would. And that can be a problem. So when we have excess histamine, um, for whatever reason, maybe we're eating too much of it um, as contained in sauerkraut. When we have SNPs for... Uh, the genes uh, that for the, of the enzymes that code for these things, we get higher levels of histamine. Oftentimes that might not matter, but for some people that does. And they experience syp- sy- symptoms of what uh, might be considered um, histamine intolerance. And histamine intolerance is also known as food histamine sensitivity. And that's when our body doesn't know what to do with all this histamine. There's an excess reactions that are going on and it simply isn't fun, probably for many people that experience it. Uh, People who experience histamine and sensitivity, sensitivity, maybe get nervous. They might get dizzy, maybe have more headaches. They might get the runny nose, the congestion. They might have GI upset, abdominal pain. Um, Diarrhea, constipation, bloating, or that itchiness, the hives, the swelling that they might experience. Now, what can be done when somebody has the histamine intolerance, when their body can't process that? Well, one of the things that can be done is by giving supplemental DAO enzymes. That increases the level of enzyme and allowing the levels of histamine to decrease. Something else that can be done is through the implementation of a low-histamine diet. Um, A low-histamine diet is really a diet of foods that contain lower amounts of histamine. Whereas sauerkraut, or foods that are fermented, things that are aged, like cheeses, like sausages, uh, like beer, wine, or other things that are fermented that are allowed to sit around for a long time... Those, Whereas those contain higher amounts of histamine, we can eat foods that contain lower amounts of histamine. This includes things like carrots, leafy greens, apples, other fruits, uh, breads, other grains, yogurt, honey, and also either meats or fish that are either fresh or immediately frozen after processing that decreases the time that they're able to sit around and for bacteria to cause histamine production. Now, as a naturopathic medical student, I've had the chance to see many different patients in clinic and and, and interact with many different conditions that they have. And one of them is histamine. I've been able to educate patients about histamine diet, the, the low histamine diet, foods that exacerbate their histamine symptoms. And other things like that. And while I often will recommend it, I think in in a setting where I'm supervised by another physician, because um, I'm not necessarily practicing on my own yet, um, there are some things that we need to be con- we need to consider in regards to the low histamine diet. One of the big questions that many people have is what foods contain histamine and should be included on that diet. There's not really uh, there's some agreement about some basic foods, but uh, when comparing a lot of different low histamine diets side by side, there's some variability. Um, the scientific community has not yet established levels of histamine with that a food needs to have or not have to be included on that low histamine diet. Um, there's also some not a lot of regulations about food labeling, uh, for example. Um, to, for a food a label on food to say this food contains high levels of histamine, you should avoid it in cases of um, of histamine uh, intolerance. It, we don't have those labels, so it's a little bit more tricky. I think one other factor that ex- that makes it difficult is the fact that there's not a lot of randomly con- randomized controlled trials or rather research studies about the low histamine diet. So making that all very kind of challenging in that regard as well. So it may be helpful for some people, it might not be for others. There might be other causes of these histamine reactions, such as medications they are taking and so forth. Um, bottom line, histamine is awesome. It does a lot of really cool things in our body, it helps us respond to our environment, it helps us uh, react to things that our body doesn't like to have. and. It's amazing for what it does, especially in our brain and in our gut and, ev- and everywhere in between. Um, when histamine gets out of control, we've got medications that we can take um, to control and balance that histamine. There's also supplemental enzymes. There's also diet and food and other things that we can do to help modulate and, and make sure that those histamine levels are right in the range where they should be. So bottom line... If you are somebody who loves your German food, if you love to go and get your brats and eat your sauerkraut, and if you drink alcohol, your beer, I feel sorry for you. Because and you're trying to avoid histamine, good luck. It might be a little challenging. For the rest of you, I wish you all the best, histamine or not, um, now that you can go forward and enjoy all your food, whatever it may be. Thanks again for joining me on this conversation about histamine. I hope you found it insightful and have learned something new. Something that I'm interested in is, is how our experiences with health are influenced by the experiences of our other family members, our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, and other relatives. And the, I found that in my life, the more I know about their collective health experiences, um, the more I'm able to understand about my own health journey and what the next steps are. Things that I should maybe think about and how I can move forward. Now, there's a lot of information um, to keep track of, whether it's about the histamine diet, whether it's about heart disease or diabetes or other things like that. And I've struggled to keep track of it all. That is why I have made for me um, different worksheets, an individual one and a, one of her family, mem- family, to keep track of health information about... Uh, various conditions, the um, surgeries, diet, lifestyle, exercise, um, and so much, so many other traits and other things that are helpful um, as we seek to learn more about really ourselves. I want to share these with you and am excited to do so. All you need to do to, to receive these is to go ahead on over to inheritedwellness.substack.com Sign up for the free newsletter, and these will be sent straight to your email inbox. I hope you find them useful, and I hope that you will uh, experience all of the very best in your own and in your family healing and health journey. Thanks so much again. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today on the Inherited Wellness Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. I look forward to you joining me next time. And until then, be well.